Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Crowning Moment. My name is Casey Gibson, and today we have another special guest, and she's going to introduce herself. Hey, everyone. I am Hope Harvard. I grew up doing pageants and come from a pageant family. My aunt and my mom both did Miss South Carolina in the America system growing up, so I had some big shoes to fill um, growing up in the pageant world, and I'm so grateful for it and all of those experiences. I am from South Carolina. I'm 24 years old. I worked in politics for several years and then I found my way back to South Carolina and now I own a makeup company and all of the products are inspired by the women of the Bible. It's called Hope Beauty. Amazing. Well, Hope, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. It has been an episode I've been so excited to do. Starting right off the bat, I first saw you when you won Miss South Carolina Teen. And in South Carolina, obviously, we we do not call it Miss South Carolina's Outstanding Teen because that is owned by another pageant system. But so when I'm referring to Miss South Carolina, I'm referring to the America system for the listeners. What was that like back then? I know that was kind of like the first time I had ever seen you in the pageant world. I was super excited. I was like, oh my gosh, she's so pretty. You honestly looked like a princess to me. I just thought you were like a Disney princess. That was like the first thought I ever had of you. I was like, oh my gosh, she looks like Cinderella. <laughs> but Oh, thank you. Of course. And what was that experience like winning Miss South Carolina team? It was an answered prayer. And I'll tell you what, before... When I, I did Miss South Carolina Teen two times. Once I placed third runner-up and the second time I won. Um, but the second time around, I was in it to win it. And I, I went to bed every single night and I said, God, if it's your will, please let me win Miss South Carolina Teen. And I promise I'll give you all the glory and use the year to serve you. And I went to bed every single night and prayed that. I can vividly remember laying in my childhood bed praying uh, that, that God would that he would put this in me to to be able to win and to equip me. And so I worked harder than I probably ever had that far in my life. I did ballet intensives the week before. I did interview trainings with several different people every week. My mom and I, um, we practiced interview every time we got in the car. So I, I worked my tail off. In fact, this is a funny story. So I did a point dance to supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. And I had danced so much before I finally got to Miss South Carolina teen that I didn't have a toenail on basically the majority of my toes, but my left big toe had nothing on it. It was just skin. There was no nothing hard. I was in so much pain every time I went to do my dance because my toe was just completely raw. Like if anybody has a soft stomach, I'm so sorry. But it looked like someone had shoved my toe into a meat grinder. But my mom was my dance teacher, and so she was hardcore. We practiced my dance all day, every day. Um, and I can also remember laying in the floor of my dance studio one time with her, and I was just laying there in the floor, totally exhausted. My toe hurt, uh, and I looked up at my mom, and I had my phone in my hands, and I took a video right when she said, do it again, Hope, and then it just looped her again and again because, you know, Snapchat videos just played through. So I have a video of her still saying, do it again, Hope, do it again, Hope, because that was my life. I, I put in as much work as I possibly could because I knew how bad I wanted it. That Doing it that first year gave me a taste and, and gave me the drive to go back and, and work as hard as I could. And 
my mom had a big impact on not just my preparation through dance and taking me to interview practice and working with me, but also an instilling confidence in me. Um, and I, I'm so grateful for that. You know, we had this saying where she would say, Navy SEALs take no prisoners. And I would say back to her, hoorah. And that basically meant you are in it to win it and you're going to go win everything you could, which thanks to her and that confidence and the the practice of, of knowing that how prepared I was is that is what allowed me to go into the week headstrong with my mind and in the right place because I knew how prepared I was because I knew how hard I worked. Um, and so I, I went in and this is not me bragging at all. This is just like, I think back on it. I'm like, wow, I really did work as hard as I possibly could for that. And a lot of that I owe to my mom for being there for me and for pushing me and driving me. But I won talent and evening gown. And then I, and then I won. Um, so I won in every category that I could have won. And so I really did listen to my mom when she said, Navy SEALs, take no prisoners. That was the last thing she said to me before I got out of the car to go into the auditorium on finals night. Um, so uh, it's an, it was an answered prayer, but it was also incredible preparation for the rest of my life. I chose a career in politics because of my pageant experience, because Doing interview preparation taught me, you know, how to be involved and look into current events and form opinions on them and, and taught me how to be headstrong. But it also gave me eloquence and helped me learn how to speak just in public in general when you're speaking to an audience or on stage or heck, just to doing podcasts like this right now. So without pageants, I wouldn't have chosen this career in politics. And I, I wouldn't be where I am today without that work and preparation that pageants and, and my mom have helped instill in me. That's funny that you mentioned your talent. Your talent actually inspired the talent that I did at Miss South Carolina. So I did Spoonful of Sugar. And when we watched her, like, I told my mom, I was like, I want to do that. Mom's like, we can't do her song. Like it has already been done. She won two years ago. Like you can't three years ago she's like you cannot do that I'm like okay fine so that's when we settle with spoonful of sugar and we of course had like the little Mary Poppins outfit it was really cute but like your dance talent routine inspired my talent I know that is so weird to be like oh that's a little much but like no like seriously what's that no, 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 it's not. Everybody finds like, you know, something that that inspires them or where they get their motivation from. Um, and I thought of something else so funny. Oh, this is like just totally off the wall. People listening are probably going to think I'm crazy if I say this. But my last met like one of the most vivid memories I have of being on stage at Miss South Carolina. And this is just goes back to my mom making me practice my dance over and over and over again. And for the month before I went to Miss South Carolina teen, I went to a ballet intensive for four or five hours in the morning. And then I went to our dance studio and I practiced my talent in the afternoons. And then we went to interview practice because Miss South Carolina was late in the summer. When I was doing it, we had all summer to do this. So I wasn't in school at the time. But after I finished my talent and I was bowing to the judges, I remember thinking to myself, I'm not even out of breath. And so that is for my Miss America girls who have their talent. You need to practice your talent until you think to yourself after you're finished, I'm not even out of breath. Um, so that was just a, a funny little thing because I can still remember go, putting my arms out to do, you know, my ballerina bow and thinking, I'm not even out of breath. <laughs> and thanks, mom, <laughs> for making me do it again. 
Yeah, you know that you prepared that much that you were like, okay, that was it. Snaps, like I did that. All right. And then you could, you know, do your bow and walk off stage with the confidence of like, wow, like I prepared the best that I absolutely could. And I'm just so proud of myself. Like that is so awesome to have that feeling. Like that is amazing. And I know for the girls listening, uh, one of them I was helping with coming up with her talent song for Miss South Carolina. Like, what is she going to do? Or what kind of outfit is she going to wear? What kind of talent? Now I'm like thinking, I'm like, you need to practice. I was like, you need to listen to the Hope Harvard episode. You need to practice as hard as she said, because this is really over here. And that's so awesome. Like going forward, like after this, I'm like, I'm totally going to go practice my clogging routine because it better be great for nationals. Like you've definitely inspired me to like get on my crap because I really need to make sure that it is, you know, like you said, I, I wasn't even tired after that. I'm not even out of breath. Like that is exactly how you should feel because that's how well prepared you are. Yes. I, my mom also made me practice in my costume a lot because we believed in, in visualizing exactly how the moment would be on stage. And this is something that Olympic athletes also do. They will practice crossing the finish line and going to get the American flag and wrapping it around their soldiers' shoulders so that they can they have that visual dream that they can hold on to and that they are picturing as they, as they run the race. And so my mom and I actually practiced winning. And she was, of course, always the first runner-up. But we would stand in the dance studio. I would put on my evening gown. People are going to think that I'm crazy, but this is this is what instilled the confidence in me to know that I could do it. I had the picture in my head. Uh, and so we would stand in the dance studio, and I would put on my evening gown, or we would just stand there, and I would hold her hands just like you do, and I would you know, get my sister or whoever we were with to announce the first runner-up in the winner, and I would practice winning. Because that's how much I wanted it. And I had read in a book somewhere that Olympic athletes practice winning and wrapping that American flag around their shoulders. And so I said, I'm going to do that too. I'm going to visualize it and claim it as my own now before I ever even get there. I'm not going to start thinking about what it would be like if I won the week of the pageant. I'm doing it now. Wow. You truly manifested that one and worked absolutely good. I do not think you're crazy. I know the people listening are going to be like, wow, like she took that, like, I'm going to win, not just saying it, you put it into action. And that's a totally different mindset that some people never even cross over into. It's always the, you know, it'd be great if I won or I want to win, but it's never like, I am going to win and I'm going to do these things to make sure that I put myself in the right system to achieve my goal. And that's like the one thing that you're hitting on that I don't think you're crazy 100%. I do not. I think you had the correct system that put you towards winning your goal. So I think that's perfect. Yes. And every every contestant's preparation will look different. You know, mine was was very intense because I come from a very intense family. Obviously, my mom told me Navy SEALs take no prisoners before I got out of the car each night to go compete at the pageant. But, you know, it may be something softer. It may be like journaling uh, and getting your head in the right space for you. Maybe it's writing down, you know, all of your fears and, and canceling out those fears with a lie or a Bible verse because that is what, because what God says about you is true. Uh, or maybe it's, you know, singing your song every time you get in the car because that's the time that you have to practice if you have a job and you go to school, you know, find the times and, and figure out what your weaknesses are and then choose a plan of action to combat that and to truly prepare you. And this isn't just, you know, you preparing for this pageant or, or even, you know, pageants down the road, but this is what's going to prepare you for life and instill a work 
a work ethic in you that carries you through the rest of your life is these skills that you're working on now you will take with you for the rest of your life. And that's why it's so important to, to start building the foundation of your career, of your character with within the confines of pageants. Because it's it's a learning place for it and it's a safe space to, to do that, to take those experiences and, and really work on them in. That's such great advice. And I'm so glad that you said all of that because that is definitely, I know personally, like I'm having to retrain my brain to not think those, oh, I'm not good at that. Like, oh gosh, like I'm not the best at that. Cause that's just, that's knocking away at my own self-confidence, even though like I am, you know, when I get on stage, I'm that very confident person, but it's building up the person that's behind doors that not a lot of people see and building that confidence. So I'm having to retrain my brain into thinking more positively about every situation I'm in, even if there is a negative, it's kind of saying, what is the positive route that I can get out of this situation, even though it may not be a great situation. And so that's one of the things that my interview coach right now, she's helping me get through that because the first thing she asked me was like, oh, do you like interview? I'm like, yeah, I'm great at interview. I love interview. And then she starts asking me questions and I'm like, oh, I hate this question or, oh, I don't like this. And she was like, no, you just told me you love interview. Why can you not say that you like every question if you say you love interview? And I'm like, oh, you're right. Like, I can't, like, I have to make sure I'm backing all of my stuff over here with, you know, at least a positive outlook on it. And I wasn't doing that. And so it's very interesting how just changing your mindset definitely can help with preparing you and building that, you know, behind the door self-confidence because you can come off as very a confident, well-spoken, well-rounded person, but you have to believe it. You can't just play the the act of it. You have to believe it in yourself. And that's really what shows out in that interview. And that's something that I'm learning myself, which is so weird to even say out loud that like, I haven't really like expressed that, but it's like, I'm learning and I'm happy that you said all of that advice because for me, that really helps me. I'm like, yeah, like I really need to ride out those fears and I need to start knocking them out one by one. Like that's something that I definitely need to hear. So I'm glad that you're here today. I know for the listeners, that's something that I know a few of my girls are going to be listening in on, and that's something that they also really needed to hear. I'm so glad that 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 touched your heart, too, because, you know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2, 5, that we are to take every thought captive and make it obedient to the word of God. So when we have fears about who we are, what we look like even, uh, we can take those thoughts, those feelings, maybe it's even just feelings. You feel inadequate or you, you're you jealous or you're bitter or you're angry or just insecure. You can take those feelings and those negative thoughts and you can submit them to the authority of the Word of God. And the Bible says that the Word of God is alive and active and sharper than double any double-edged sword. So it will go into your heart and transform you. So maybe you need to, you know, take write down every single fear, every single feeling, and maybe even just your weaknesses and find a Bible verse that you can refer back to to take that thought captive. So, you know, you say that you are not enough. Well, you know that God makes you enough because you have accepted Jesus into your heart. And because he stands over you as your covering, then he makes you enough as long as you're leaning on him or that you're unloved. Well, Jesus loves you. Or, you know, that you just can't possibly accomplish this goal. Well, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And so finding those Bible verses and literally writing them out side by side or putting them on an index card. I do this all the time now, where if I know that there's something I'm going to be struggling, 
struggling with for that day, I write, find a Bible verse, and I write it down on a, one side of the note card. And then on the other side, I write down a prayer. And so throughout the entire day, I put it in my pocketbook. And it's when I have that thought or I start to worry, then I pull out that card. I read the verse and read the prayer and I give it back to God. And sometimes it looks like, you know, you we take things into our own hands and then we give it to God, but then we kind of like kind of try to pull it back out of his hands. And he's like, it's kind of like a tug of war, but you just have to keep resubmitting and resubmitting. And that's truly what it means to take every thought captive and, and make it obedient to God. And, and when you do that, you find freedom because the what the Bible says becomes your thoughts. And so you no longer have to struggle with, with the degrading thoughts or the self-deprecating thoughts because you have trained your brain to to be always in line with accordance with the will of God. And the more you reach for the Bible and the more you reach out to God, the closer you're going to become with him and the more grounded you're going to become. So those those lies that you used to speak over yourself, you know, they'll seem silly and down the road because you'll you'll just be so grounded and then, you know, you'll also have have peace beyond all understanding too because that's something else that the Bible promises. The world promises us happiness. Win this pageant and you'll be happy. Buy this dress and you'll be happy. Lose 10 pounds and you'll be happy. But if you look through the Bible, you know, what Jesus promises isn't just happiness. It is peace. And in a world that makes you want to hustle, hustle, hustle all day, every day, Jesus says that burden is easy and his yoke is light and that he will give you peace that this world can never possibly answer you. And so that's something else that I've worked on a lot lately, especially through my career with politics is, you know, it's everything about the world these days pushes you to just hustle and work until you're just down to the bone. But God says that we should go to him because our lives are to glorify him completely and totally. And so we can't do that when we're too busy focusing on on our jobs or you know just being busy we have to find time to to just rest in his presence so that's also you know part of the preparation process too is just learning how to be at peace with your situation with who you are and with who god says you are too that's definitely for myself one of the biggest things i'm working on is having that just peace i know the next because I'm doing a uh, ultimate international miss in the end of June I miss North Carolina for that system right now but one of the big things that you just hit on was peace that's one of the things that I keep hearing in my head I want to say it was Savvy Shields that said it was just go into the weekend and press play that you've done everything that you possibly can to have prepared for this you have just you know left it all to God let him do his works and his wonders you know if it's not for you it's not your time and that's okay and you have to be at peace with that because there's something greater out there that you're supposed to conquer. And that's one of the big things that lately I've been, you know, working through my brain is I want to be able to, like you had said, like before, like hard work, putting in the effort, doing all those things. Like that's the things I've been trying to do for myself to make sure I'm well prepared and doing everything in my possibility and my power for myself that I know that I need to do to be ready to just press play and have that peace going into the weekend for that pageant. And not only for that pageant, but for the next meeting I have at work or for the next meeting I have with any of the little girls I'm practicing interview with. It's just helping them to find that peace as well and being just happy, just enjoying the moment, enjoying the time that they have here because you never know how long it's going to last. You never know what anyone else is going through. And so just trying to have that peace is definitely the key word that is just coming off of this podcast for sure. It, you've really hit it on the head with that one is just 
very well said, very well spoken. And I'm so excited that the listeners are hearing these things because it is a different, it's just a different verbiage that they probably have never heard before. And the way you explain these things is just so in depth and it's, but it's almost like so simple. You're like, wow, I never would have thought about it like that. And just letting him, you know, just let God just kind of do it all for you with the, the hope in your head of like, you're right. Like this isn't something I really need to stress over. Like this is something that I just need to just take my time, relax and have that patience because if it's meant to be, it will be. And if not, there's something else that you're supposed to do. And that's just, I'm just so glad that you're here to tell them because this is something that, like I said, it's so complex, so deep at the same time, just so simple. And I'm glad that people can hear this and hopefully they can relate to it as well. Yes. I think that Everybody gets nervous. And, and when you have worked so hard for something, the disappointment of, of not obtaining what you have worked for can be crushing at times. And and that I mean, I didn't win every pageant I've ever done. And it, it, no matter how hard I worked for it, uh, and even in working in D.C., there was a job that I really wanted in the West Wing. And I was actually offered it. And then the opportunity was taken away again. Uh, and so I just want to tell the girls, sometimes you're going to work your ever living tail off and you are going to do everything you can to prepare and you're going to pray and you're going to feel at peace. But then you're going to get to the end of it and you are going to be overlooked by somebody. But just because somebody in this world has overlooked you and overlooked your potential, it does not mean that God has overlooked you. It just means that he has something else planned for you. And if that is can, is my message to any girl out there is that just because you don't win a pageant doesn't mean that you are a loser. You just have something else to win instead. Amazingly said. That was spot on and so perfect because that is so true. That is a hundred percent true. There is something else out there for you. And I feel like that was the hardest things. I, like you said, I didn't win. I've never won every pageant I've ever done. That is not, it's, I mean, for some people that is very possible. They walk into the pageant, but it just depends. They're on a different, a different track than we are. And that's totally fine. But those times where I went through pageant seasons of losing every pageant or placing first runner up where I was just close enough to taste the victory, I had to take a step back and be like, okay, like, what can I do for the next one? I, this wasn't a failed, this was a lesson learned. And it's, I mean, it's either a blessing or a lesson. And I, a lot of those seasons were a lot of lessons and I'm very grateful for that because it wouldn't be, or I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't have this podcast because this podcast came out of an upset from the pageant world. And I was like, I want to hear everybody else's why, because I have now found mine. I understand why I'm in this world. And I was like, I want to understand why other people enjoy being in this community and why they come back year after year or what they've done after being done with the pageant world. What is, what is their next step? Just like you. That's, I mean, moving right along into We've talked about the Bible, so I want you to get definitely a huge plug for Hope Beauty USA. So what was the thought process behind that? Where did that kind of initiate from? So working in the White House, my eyes were opened to the the culture war that's happening in America of people who want to take the the innocence, the conservative values, the Christian Bible, and they just simply want to walk away from it, but also destroy it and to take away anyone else's beliefs 
or, or right to believe those things. And so my eyes were opened to that. And so when I came home to South Carolina after working in the West Wing for two years, I, I called the governor, actually, and I asked if he would hire me in his office for a little while. And it, he graciously said yes and offered me a job. So I wasn't unemployed. Um, but <laughs> it was while I was working for him one morning, I just woke up and had the idea to start a makeup line inspired by the women of the Bible. But there are a few things that led up to that. Um, I do believe that was a divine download, that that was just me waking up and God saying, you know, this is your new vision. This is your mission. This is what I want you to do. Um, but I, I noticed that some of the biggest beauty brands, which I know us pageant girls, we love our makeup, I mean, and our hair products, our skincare, everything. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So, don't get me wrong with what I'm saying here, but uh, some of the biggest beauty brands in the world have started canceling their influencer contracts with Christian conservatives simply because they are Christian conservatives and they express those values online. And I believe that that is wholeheartedly unacceptable. When this happened the first time in January 2020, I and my friends actually called the store that canceled their contract with the Christian conservative influencer. And we asked, we said, you know, we're Christians, we are conservative, we voted Republican. Republican this year, are we welcome in your store? And they hung up the phone. And I think that that is so telling. You can put out all the statements in the world that you support everybody, that everyone is welcome in your store, but actions always speak louder than words. The fact that they, one, canceled this contract simply because this girl was a Christian and conservative, and then two, that when people called and said, am I welcoming your store? They hung up the phone. I think that's pretty telling. And so this, you know, this made me start looking into it and being like, well, you know, what else is going on behind the scenes in the beauty industry? And so I started in my own makeup bag, which I encourage you, all the girls listening, to go and look in their makeup bags, dig through it and flip over the compacts and look at the shade names and the product names that you are using and putting on your face and ask yourself, is this truly beautiful? If your makeup and your outer appearance is supposed to be an extension and expression of the beauty that is already in your heart, are these products in line with the beauty that you express? With products named like Sin and Lust and Orgasm and Devil's Playground and Celebutard, a special combination of celebrity and retard or um i can't remember if i already said it but better than sex and the f would just the f word i mean like these names are absolutely abhorrent because they are the opposite of beautiful and i also think it's funny that the beauty industry is you know supposed to be so pro-feminism and they're the ones that say stop limiting women to their sex integrating women to you know just their sexuality but they've objectified women and our sex by naming all of our beauty products after them as if that is the only thing beautiful about us the fact that we have orgasms and have sex like that's and that's not that's truly not what is beautiful. It, our makeup should be an extension of the beauty that is already in our hearts, you know, because makeup does not make you beautiful. As the CEO of a makeup line, I will be the first to tell you that. My grandma raised me telling me pretty is as pretty does. And the more I, I dive into the word of God and the more I get to know God, I've realized that God is beauty. And we, when we are becoming more like him, then we are becoming more beautiful because God created beauty and he loves to delight in beauty. So 
I started looking into the names and then I was just like, this is disgusting. But then I started looking into the companies because I thought if this is the kind of spirit these companies are operating in, that they think this is beautiful, then there must be even more going on behind the scenes. And so I started looking into different companies and I learned that a lot of them donate direct to Planned Parenthood. So that mascara you love is now funding abortions. And I do not care what side of the aisle you are on, but abortion ends a human life. And every life is valuable to God. And I will never, and I hope you wouldn't either support or do anything that would contribute to the ending of that life. Instead, I encourage you to empower women to know their worth and their value and empower them to know that they can be a good mother if they find themselves in an unexpected pregnancy that and you be their support team rather than just telling them to just give up on the wonderful blessing that that has come even out of a tragic situation and so I you know once I started looking into that I realized that you know this none of this is beautiful that the beauty industry truly has turned ugly because they have perverted what pretty means and so when I started Hope Beauty, I didn't want it to just be counterculture. I, I knew that it couldn't just be anti all of this that I hated. Uh, and it had to be something good. It had to be for something. And so my for was for God and for the message of the Bible. So each product is inspired by a different woman of the Bible because the women of the Bible were the pioneers of beauty. Um, And so the colors tell their stories. Like Rahab from the Bible was a prostitute in the Old Testament and she decided to put her faith in God and that her first act of faith was letting down a red scarf down the side of the wall of Jericho and that is how she let spies in and out of the city. And so that red scarf was a symbol of her promiscuity and her sin. But, you know, later on, we see that she became the uh, one of the great grandmothers of Jesus. And so that red scarf in her story is later turned, you know, you see the symbolism of the red blood of Jesus later in her story. And so you, you see how God goes into your story to completely redeem every single piece of, of where you've been and who you are, even the very worst of you. He turns it into something that is for your good and for his glory. And so um, Mary is pink because when you mix red and white together, you get pink. Uh, Lydia is purple because she started the first church. She was the first documented convert to Christianity. And the Bible is uh, careful to mention that she sold purple fabrics. So I've I've tried to be very intentional and creative when coming up with the, the different women. But I absolutely just love how as a woman, when we're getting ready in the morning, we are taking our beauty routines and our makeup routines into something that was previously vain of something that was just all about us, what we want to look like and, you know, what we want to do that day or whatever. And we're we're offering it back to God and we're saying we're learning about the women of the Bible as we put on these products because we're reminded of their stories, of the lessons that they let, of the lessons that, we need to learn from them. And so we can go out and live their legacies. And then, you know, once you put on that Hope Beauty lip gloss, I hope you're not going and letting out any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up in that, you know, it reminds you throughout the day where you get your identity from and where you get your strength from. And and I hope that it's something that ignites and stirs your faith and inspires you to go to the Bible for, for more than, you know, just your makeup, that you start 
you look into who these women really are um, at, as the pioneers of beauty and as God's chosen influencers for us. You know, our our influencers today are a dime a dozen. You can look up on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, whatever, and you find an influencer. But these women were God's chosen influencers for our lives, for faith and for beauty. And, you know, as pageant girls, I feel like many times we are degraded to the label that we are just another pretty face, um, that, you know, we will never be more than than what we look like. Or, you know, if, you, you know, in, if you're, you know, if someone has told you that, you'll never be more than a pretty face or they'll tell you that, you know, you're too smart and, um, that, you know, you're, you're, you don't have beauty and brains. You just have one or the other, um, that you're not physically beautiful. Well, both of those are lies. God delights in your beauty because he made you fearfully and wonderfully. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He knew you before he ever put you in your mother's womb because he dreamt of you in heaven. He wanted you, chose you, loved you, and then he came up with every detail for you. So don't for one second believe that the way you look physically does not matter to God and that you can can't use your body to glorify him, but also don't be mistaken that your beauty is limited to just your appearance. You know, I talk about biblical beauty a lot with Hope Beauty, and a, a biblically beautiful woman is one who is confident in the way God made her fearfully and wonderfully and knit together by him, by his handiwork as his masterpiece, but then also knows that her true beauty is also the combination of that physical creation from God and then the sweet salvation and a soul that just truly glorifies God because there is nothing more beautiful than a woman who is living on fire for Jesus. And that is when our countenance changes, is when we live for God. I told this story actually on a podcast that I recorded this morning, but the first time I noticed that someone else noticed that I had something different about me when I started living for Christ was when I was at work and I had a coworker who came in almost every day and said, I hate this day. I hate this. I hate that. And she was always saying everything that she hated. And so one day she came in and she was like, I hate this day, Hope. I hate it so much. And then she looked at me and I was shocked to hear her say this. I will never forget it. And she said, but most of all, I hate you because you are so happy and I will never understand why. And immediately I thought to myself, it's because I have Jesus. It's because I'm not rooted in this world. Things don't sway me because I I know that my roots are so down deep like a tree in, into the word of God that nothing can pull me up um, from out of his presence. And I didn't say this to her. I just looked at her with a shocked face. But it was the first time I noticed that other, when you start living for Jesus and, and you are living on fire for him that other people notice and scripture backs this up. It says that when we go into the presence of God and we live on fire for him, that other people notice not just our behavior, but literally in the way we look because we smile more and we're at peace and we're not, you know, our, our countenance isn't drawn and frustrated, but it's open and inviting and happy. Um, and so girls, if you're listening to this, know that God loves you the way that you are just right now, but he also loves you so much that he doesn't want you to stay there. He wants to pull you in and he wants to transform you into his likeness because he loves you. Um, and, and, and when you realize that there is freedom in getting to know God more and living by the Bible, and that is what I hope, hope beauty is inspiring to women of all ages. 
That was amazing. I was so like in on this entire conversation. I was like, wow, like so many different aspects of the beauty world that I never once thought of. And the way you are very intentional with your idea and your message behind Hope Beauty USA, it's amazing. Like it truly is amazing. And the one thing that came to mind was the Jeffree Star mascara. And it has the F word and it's proof. And that, I don't know why, but even like the better sex. There's even one called, um, and I don't even know, like, girls, I'm sorry. This is just what it's called. It's called Pussy Whipped Lipstick. Like, I don't think it gets any more degrading than that. You have literally just degraded a woman to, uh, I mean, a sex act. And, and you're telling her to put that on her lips. And that that is the only thing that's beautiful about her. And so I just I just couldn't take it anymore. And I realized that this isn't beautiful. And this is what the world is teaching our next generation is that this is beautiful. And so I hope that, you know, even if you've used these products that, I mean, heck, use them up and then just throw the bottle away. Like, and, and learn to find something that truly glorifies God because the little things do matter. They matter to God, and so they should matter to you. It's not just a lipstick or it's not just a blush. It it truly does matter because you're putting this on your face as an outward representation of, of your soul. It really is. And those products, like I never really thought about it in my head, but like just hearing them out loud, like I, I don't know why, but it was just the cringiness of the names always were off-putting for me. I never wanted to buy them because one, I didn't want my dad to pick up my mascara and say, are you doing these, these acts that it's talking about? That was, that was embarrassing for me. And I'm never, you know, bashing someone else for using the product. I bet you. And it's an, it's an amazing formula. However, I mean, heck, I used Better Than Sex for years as it was my favorite mascara for years. And, you know, it kind of makes you blush the first time you use it. But then you just, at some point, you have to decide to choose purity because purity isn't just about saving yourself from marriage, which is so important, girls. Please do it. Just learn to love Jesus more than your 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 one desire. And so my grandmother, actually, this is just a side note. She gave me some of the best advice Um and I'll add to it just a little bit, but she always told me, you hope you have to save a piece of your heart for yourself. You can't go giving it away to every boy, even though I know you have so much love to give. And, you know, instead of saving it for yourself, you have to also save it, save it for Jesus, because this was your wedding gift from God to your husband. So it, it's not just about loving someone because I know what it's like to be in love and just to want to give and give and give that love and to be loved in return. God gave us those desires, but he gave us those desires to to be used and to be glorified in in the confines of marriage. And there is nothing at the end of that road but heartbreak and devastation that Jesus um, is going to have to heal you from. So just choose to love him more in the moment. And that's something that helps me now um, it, it, to remember to choose purity in everything that I do. But I mean, purity isn't just limited to sex. It is everything that we consume. Our TV shows that we watch, do they glorify God? Because you will never have dominion over what you choose to be entertained by. So if you're choosing to be entertained by 
basically pornographic TV shows or pornographic makeup names or or makeup or TV shows that are demonic in nature because you're watching horror TV shows or ones that are just explicitly gory. You know, you're never going to have dominion over those things, control over sin in your life if that's what you're choosing to be entertained by. Um, and so, you know, everything from the words that we speak to what we consume, what goes in you know, it says that what goes in the mouth doesn't defile us, like, you know, what we eat and stuff, but what was what is coming out of us too is what defiles the heart because out of a an abundance of the heart, so the mouth speaks. And so if you're constantly cussing or speaking ill of other people, then that shows that your heart isn't isn't pure too. And that's something that you need to examine and ask God for help with. Yeah, that is, I mean, you said it right there. It is something that some people, as myself, I'm guilty as it too. I mean, you stub your toe on, toe on the side of the table a few words from that. It's not the mistakes don't happen and that we're not human and we're not perfect. Like I said, out of an abundance of the heart, so the mouth speaks. So what you are constantly saying, what you are constantly consuming, that is what your heart is going to be like. So if you are constantly cussing and having a potty mouth or, uh, or like I said, gossiping or speaking ill of other people or on always being negative, like that girl who said, I hate this day all the time. You know, that is what is a reflection of your heart too. It's not, you know, just with a, within our makeup products that you want to keep your heart pure because it should be being transformed into the likeness of Jesus. So many people think that once you're saved and you accept Jesus into your heart, that you're baptized and all of your sins are forgiven forever. And you know, you don't have to try anymore, but that's couldn't be farther from the truth. Yes. Jesus has saved us. That means that he has justified us so that one day when we stand before God, Jesus will stand in our place and take the blame for all of the things that we the sins that we have committed on this earth. But while we're on this earth, we have the privilege of being transformed into his likeness. And that comes from spiritual discipline of reading your Bible every day, of working to you know change our behavior. But our behavior modifications have to come from a changed heart first. And so our, you know, our efforts to be a better person will always fail until we're doing them from the right heart posture of wanting to do this for Jesus. Um, so reading your Bible, praying, and always staying in worship, those are the things that are going to truly make a difference in your life and give you peace and purity. I, I agree with that. And one of the big things I know recently, which I know sometimes we all fall to, is that you know, we want to compare ourselves or we want to think like, oh, so-and-so is in this pageant. Like I'm nervous about this. But my my interview coach told me, she's like, you're going to stand there and you're going to talk positive about yourself. I am proud of everything I've done. Like repeat like positive sentences. I am perfect in my own way. I am different and I am happy about it. Like you have to say those things to yourself aloud so you can start believing those things. It's not just it's not just thinking it like, okay, I'm great. I'm wonderful. I'm doing this. It's like, no, you need to say it out loud. So, you know, you believe it. Cause if you're not willing to say it out loud and tell, like tell anyone that's in the room or just, you know, tell yourself out loud, you're not going to believe it. You're not going to manifest those things for yourself. And so that is definitely one of those things that I had, I have been working on is like, okay, I want to say it loud. And so I know that that's exactly how I feel. And I'm not just lying to myself because if I mentally tell myself, okay, I'm going to do this today at this time, I'm going to clean my room. I'm looking at my room. This room is still dirty. <laughs> like it's those things where it's like, I'm telling myself and almost like making those promises that I'm going to do those things that have a changed heart. 
And I'm not just saying, oh, I'll do it when I get to it. It's putting those things first. Like you're saying, like putting him first. That's one of the most important things and making sure one of the things, my brother, he has been going to Zeal Church in Nashville and they have an amazing online service. Oh my goodness. It's so amazing. It's on YouTube, but um, is having that who is your center? Is it a Jesus centered? Is it a money centered? Like you need to really look at your life. Are you putting yourself in the center? And that can really be kind of devastating to everything around you. You need to be on the outside looking at what is your center. So I feel like that's something that people really need to start thinking about. And I know it's such a weird thing to say, but once you start putting him in the center, nothing else is really going to matter because you're putting and you're instilling everything in him. Like I trust you. I have patience with you. Like you are here to, you know, guide me on the correct journey. And if it's not my journey, you're going to tell me that. You're going to whisper it in my ear. You're going to tell me when I'm praying. So that's the one thing that my brother definitely has helped me with is seeing what's in my center. And that really keeps me down to earth and very at peace with myself. Yes, absolutely. Everything that you just said is right. And, you know, aside from, you know, I I said this earlier, but there is so much power in the word of God and grounding yourself in it. So not just saying, you know, I, you know, of speaking affirmations over yourself, but speaking the word of God over yourself. But also Habakkuk 2 says to write the vision down that he who reads it may run. So when you write down your vision uh, and, and what God says over you, there is so much power in that. Whether you write down Bible verses and you stick it on a stick it on your mirror or on the dashboard of your car or set it as the lock screen. You know, my lock screen on my phone is actually a picture of the woman with the issue of blood. And she is reaching out to grasp Jesus's cloak because you want to grasp on to, to Jesus as hard as you can, just like she did. She reached out in desperation and faith. And then I, I want to say this one thing because I think it's very important. Faith is belief plus obedience. If you're ever wondering, you know, how do I have faith or what is faith? Faith is believing in God. And because you believe in him and you know that what he says is good and true, that is what leads us to obey. So then once we believe and then we believe enough to obey, then we see the miracles of God happen in our life. And the first miracle that we all experience is simply getting to know God, you know, and that is the biggest miracle that we will ever experience is that privilege of getting to know God. And then our lives just become a cycle of believing in him and then obeying him and then seeing him work in our lives. And then we give him thanksgiving uh, and gratefulness and gratitude and remembrance of all the things he's done. And then our life just becomes one big circle of believing, obeying, miracles, gratitude. Uh, And so then once once we get into that habit and have our relationship with Jesus come before pursuing things in this world, whether that's pageants, career, school, or other relationships, once our relationship with him comes first, everything around us settles into place because he becomes our focus. We are always keeping our eyes heavenward instead of darting around and looking at what the other girls are doing, which I, by the way, I want to add this in, that her success does not mean that there is not enough success for you or is that any takes away from your success or your opportunities because that is a scarcity mindset. The way to be insecurity and jealousy is to remember that God is an eternal immeasurable God and that he has plenty of blessings for you, for her and for the other 50 girls in the pageants too. There is no scarcity when it comes to God. His love for you is immeasurable and eternal and he loves you uniquely without rival um, and, and without measure. So there is there's nothing to fear 
from losing a pageant or from going into a pageant that just because this girl is is winning or she is getting the opportunities that you have prayed for, that God cannot also do that and more for you. So you have to rework your brain, take doing the thing I said to take your thoughts captive and make it obedient to God, but to make sure that you are not worrying and limiting God with your own scarcity mindset because that's not the mindset of God or a Christian. And then two, I also want to say that when we are insecure, it is because we are only worrying about ourselves and we have forgotten that we are not called to put ourselves at the center of this world. Just like you said, Jesus would be the center of this world. And so when we start worrying about you know, what we haven't got or what we think we lack. One, we're neglecting to remember all of the blessings that God has already poured out in our lives. And so we need to stop and be thankful for those things and remind ourselves and ground ourselves in the word of God and everything God has given us. But then also the number one way to flip insecurity on its head every single time is to look for someone to love and to remember that because God has already equipped you with salvation and justification and his love, he has equipped you to do his every good work. You have value to give to this world and you have no time to waste sitting in a corner worrying about yourself. You need to walk into that room and immediately start looking for someone to share the love of God with. Now that doesn't mean you go up to them and start spouting Bible verses to them. It means you listen to them and you just love on them and that is when you make other people feel good and making other people feel good about themselves will bring you joy because you have brought value into their life that you could only do with the help of the Holy Spirit. So the next time you're feeling insecure, you start to compare yourself, maybe send that girl a compliment, send her a Bible verse, comment on her freaking Instagram picture that she looks beautiful after you just thought, man, I'm never going to be as pretty as her. Because that takes that thought captive and it flips the lie on its head because instead you're choosing to glorify God by celebrating her and, and you are nipping the lie in the bud by, by just glorifying God through your actions and giving it all back to him. I'm so glad that you said that because it is the word peace keeps coming to mind. That just gives myself like a peace of mind. Like you're right. Like we should absolutely turn it and flip it right on its head because that is, there's no need to be wanting what someone else has because that's not, that's not how it's supposed to be. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't have those desires to want what somebody else has. Be grateful for what you do have because they have had a different life, a different journey. You know, maybe they, you know, have the title that you want to capture, but you need to capture it on your own terms. It's not, how do I use their system to win this pageant? Because you're not built like them. I know we had already talked about this previously, but like you can't do everything that they did because that may not be what you need to do to, you know, take care of yourself and get in the right goal set mindset that you need. Like you need to do what's best for you. Like you cannot take someone else's system and make it your own. Like that's not how it's supposed to be. And so I'm really glad that you were kind of like speaking on that. So people on that are on here listening to this can hear that because there are a lot of people I know myself it's like we're fighting those insecurities we are you know seeing those other people it's like oh I want to be just like her one day but it's like it's not about being just like her it's about being your true authentic self you should worry about who do I want to be one day I don't want to be her I want to be what I want to be okay what do I want and so that's what you need to start thinking about yes it's like we're not thinking about ourselves all the time, but it's like, what areas should I work on? You know, what should I talk with him about? What should I do these things that are going to make 
me feel better about myself and not try to worry about someone else and someone else's journey. It's definitely worrying about, you know, how do I get myself in that right mindset? So I'm really glad that we've, you know, sat down and talked about this today because this is something that has put me at a peace. Like with myself, I'm like, wow, okay, like these are things that, you know, I feel like you were here to, you know, have the other listeners hear that they may, this is something that they may have not heard from anyone else ever on my podcast. So I'm so glad that you were able to share this with us because it is something that is important and to hear his word and that you're throwing the Bible verses in. Like you said, like having that on here really is helpful for some of those that may be going through that spiritual, like they need a reconnection. And I know I'm definitely going through that. I'm in a new city. I'm like, what is the one thing I need to do? And my brothers keep saying like, find a church group, find a life group, find something that, you know, people are all going after a same goal together. You're all on a different path, but it's something that you can definitely like shoot for the stars with. Like you're all on that same, like, I want to get with him. I want to talk with him. Like I want to have a word with him. How do I do that? We're all on that same path. We're all talking about and moving towards it together. And that's just something is so amazing. So I'm so glad that you were on here today to talk about that. And, you know, we've come to that point in the podcast where I like to ask everyone the same final question. Are you ready? So in what way would you say pageants have positively impacted you? They have prepared me for success in the career that I chose because of instilling hard work ethics in me and interview practice prepared me for a job in political communications. And and even to be the spokesperson for my company today, it gave me the tools. I mean, it even taught me how to do my own makeup, which has fueled my, my makeup brand that I have today. So they, it has taught me and prepared me so much more than just going to school has because it gave me real life experience at a very young age. It, it taught me how to work for what I want and to not settle uh, for laziness or for, um, or, or for any kind of second best for myself and my own expectations of myself. But then it also taught me speaking skills and, and to chase my dreams too. And to, I mean, it, it's seriously, I think that pageants prepared me more than my Clemson university degree I, for, to work in politics, because at the end of the day, you know, all I do is talk to people and do about current events. Basically, all my entire life is one giant interview. <laughs> so pageants definitely helped with that for sure. Um, and then lastly, it just gave me confidence in myself and, and who I am. It, it taught me to dig deeper into my relationship with God for my groundings and not my success. Because success is just something that we do in life, but our relationship with God defines who we are. That is absolutely amazing. And I I love that you said it. It has taught you more than your Clemson University degree. That is so funny. I find that hilarious because deep down, I feel like pageants definitely, like I got a tech, um, an integrated information technology degree from the University of South Carolina. And I feel like that taught me how to be more introverted than it did extroverted. So I feel like it really did kind of hurt for a little bit there because I am that, you know, outspoken. I love to be, you know, in front of people doing these interviews. And that's one thing you're right. The pageant world has taught us how to, you know, be prepared for those current events, be able to stand in front of a group of people and tell them our thoughts, our opinions, and not feel bad about it. And so I think that's definitely one of the big things that I'm so happy as well for the pageant world. And before we sign off here. I would love for you to tell people how they can stay in contact with you, whether you drop your Instagram handle or your website, just some way that they can reach out to you and, you know, speak more about the Lord or even just hear about more makeup stuff. 
Thank you so much. I so enjoyed getting to chat with you. Ladies, if you want to shop Hope Beauty, you can go to hopebeautyusa.com. And then if you want to follow us on social media, our, our tag is the same, Hope Beauty USA, across Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram on Instagram. I do my very best to post inspirational messages, but also you know sharing some tutorials and, and product tips as well. So be sure to follow us if you love some makeup tutorials. And then also on the website, I have a blog um, that is shares sweet devotionals to keep your heart encouraged because, I, like I say, it's makeup with the message. Speaking of makeup with the message, if you ever want to host a party, we have started doing these makeup tutorials that... Um, Go that you can invite your church can invite us out. I um, mean, we'll come give a makeup tutorial with a devotional all in one. So you learn how to apply your makeup, and then we relate each step of the makeup application process back to scripture. The information to host one of those makeup with the message parties is also on the website if you want to reach out. And then lastly, I will set up a discount code for 10% off all of your orders, and it will be crowning moment. And she can put that in the um, in the description so that y'all can remember. Amazing. Hope, thank you so much for sitting down and speaking with me today. I'm so happy that the listeners could absolutely hear this message. It's something I know I personally needed to hear and really needed a little bit of a wake-up call. So I'm so glad that you gave me such a spiritual reawakening that I didn't to have. And so I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. And you know, guys, you never know what happens in the future. So I guess you'll have to check out next week on another episode of The Crowning Moment. Bye, guys. Bye.